Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Thursday afternoon as we get set. NFL draft kicking off tonight, round one. And we'll, we'll recap all of the action tomorrow. Uh, Dr. Otto will be off, so Jim Day, Fantasy Taz, is going to join me for the first hour of the show tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern, and we'll do all NFL draft talk with him. So make sure you tune in for that tomorrow. Of course, if you, can let, you can't listen live to the show, or you can only listen to a portion of it, you can always check out the entire program on demand anytime you want. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at aron 88 and you can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Got lots of coverage for you for the NFL Draft. We have our 2019 NFL Draft Fantasy Rookie Primer going over the top players at the skill positions and giving you a scouting report on them, what to expect. And, of course, once they land on teams, we'll give you analysis of that and what it means for your fantasy team. Dr. Otto has a look at the 2019 quarterback prospects going in the first round. Sean Childs has his closer depth chart and bullpen updates as well as the Week 5 Closer Report. And there was a change that uh, I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Not too surprising. Uh, we also have different mock drafts from people who are part of Scout, uh, including Matt DeLima, myself, Matt Brandon. So you could check those out as well. Uh, I have my Stockwatch article. It hasn't been posted yet. It should be posted sometime today, if not tomorrow. But that is done. Uh, and, of course, if you have any questions, you could ask them on the message boards and forums ScoutFantasySports.com. Make sure you become a member today. And ScoutDFS.com, as we mentioned, uh, the Dongers Club from Steve Renner is up for tonight's slate. Uh, been on fire. A lot of bold calls in there. We got to look at the NASCAR rankings for the upcoming uh, weekend and look at DraftKings, uh, the preview there. So please to make money uh, with us. So check us out now. ScoutFantasySports.com. ScoutDFS.com. Matt Modica from The Athletic will join me in the next segment. Uh, he also plays in a ton of high-stakes leagues. We're in an NFBC auction together as well. So we'll talk some baseball with him, and we'll get you lineups for the night slate coming up in the final segment. Uh, let's take a quick look, though, at the action from this afternoon. Two games currently going on right now. Uh, very light slate today here on a Thursday. If you've noticed, they've been giving more off days to teams this year. You know, it's very important when you're in a weekly league to check out the schedule for the weekend. I do my two-start pitcher article, and it's usually posted either Saturday or Sunday. And I put the games played for each team each week. And it's important to look at that because we're going to see more teams with five-game weeks. And, you know, if you have a stud player from that team, you don't want to sit them. Now, in the NFBC, you have the option of changing your lineup on Friday. So it goes Monday through Thursday and Friday through Sunday for the offensive players. You can't change your pitchers. So it's important to look at that because there might be a Monday to Thursday where you got a guy with two games and then you have someone else with four. And 
if they're two similar players, go with the four. You know, you got to pile up the counting stats. Now, we're obviously not just sitting Mike Trout for his two games because Mike Trout's two games can be better than almost any other four. But it's something that you really have to look at now a lot more closely. So make sure you take a look at the schedule and you're seeing it on a day like today. Not many Thursday uh, players uh, today. Uh, Diamondbacks lead the Pirates 5 nothing in the bottom of the seventh. We got the good Zach Greinke today. Six and a third innings, two hits. No one runs a walk in six Ks. The ERA down at 3.79. So... He's going to have these games where he gets blown up, but by the end of the year, you're probably looking at a mid-three ERA. Uh, Jared Dyson's three for four, two runs in an RBI. He's hitting 339 with a 424 OVP. Obviously, you want him for some stolen bases, but uh, he is producing. Christian Walker, who I am writing about in the stock watch, uh, he's two for three with a run in RBI up to 345 on the season. Uh, Cattell Marte, one for three with an RBI. And Blake Swihart is starting today in right field. He's 0 for three with an RBI and a strikeout. They did say they're going to use him all over the place. Maybe not much catcher. They have three catchers on the roster right now. So I was kind of deciding what to do with Swihart because I had him as a number two catcher in a few 15-team leagues because I brought this point up at the beginning of the year. I'd rather have a catcher that's going to play two, three times a week that has a decent bat, and that's what it looked like it was going to be for Swihart in Boston, than someone else that's playing four or five times a week but sucks. So I wound up dropping Swihart, though. I don't know if I did in all my leagues. I know I dropped him for Brian McCann in one. You know, McCann's in a good uh, Atlanta lineup, and he might be a guy that plays three, four times a week, and he's older, but I think he can be somewhat productive. I drafted, dropped Swihart, I think. I think in Tout Wars, too. I forgot who I picked up. Man, I can't even remember. It wasn't someone great. It was someone I spent a few bucks on. Maybe it was McCann. I can't even remember. So many leagues. But the leagues that I had Swihart, which were like three or four, I did drop them because I'm just not sure what Arizona's plan is here. So, uh, you know, if he does get three times a week and he's not catching two and it's less wear and tear, he could be an option uh, going forward. For the Pirates, not a great start here for Jamison Tyon. I mentioned the lack of strikeouts. He did strike out five and five innings today, but six hits, five earned runs. Uh, he has an area of 406 now. We're just seeing every pitcher have like a bad start. So I still do like Tyon. Uh, I don't think I got him anywhere this year, which was surprising. I had him in a lot of leagues last year, but that was double-digit rounds. He was a little pricey this year. Not that I was not high on him. I just didn't wind up getting him. And uh, as I mentioned, I did take Clevenger over him in a couple drafts. I like Clevenger a little bit better. That was one of the difficult rankings for me, and I had Clevenger one spot ahead of Tyon. We saw uh, Tucker leading off today for the Pirates. He's been hitting eighth mostly, one for three. Uh, and Jamison Tyon has the only other hit as uh, they've been shut down today. So that game is uh, Arizona leading the Pirates 5 to nothing uh, in the bottom of the seventh inning. So we'll see. How far Grinky you can go in this game as we just don't see many complete games going on anymore. Uh, the other game going on right now, the Dodgers in the Cubs. That game is at Wrigley. Certainly love the afternoon baseball in Chicago. It is bottom of the third. No score. Ross Stripling on the mound for the Dodgers. This will be his last start. Rich Hill is going to return on Sunday. Uh, so Stripling's going to get bumped to the bullpen. And I still think Stripling has value. I would hold on to him. He's Probably a guy they can use in relief, too, for two, three innings. Same thing as we saw with Julio Urias the other day. And we know that more injuries can occur. It's Rich Hill is not a model of health. Hinjin Ryu, not a model of health. Maybe if Maeda, Maeda has another bad start, they move him to the bullpen. 
I I could see Maeda too shuffling between the rotation and the bullpen like they did last year. So I'd hold on to Stripling. Uh, I did. I have him in. I definitely have him in the GDD league, and I might have him in some uh, scout forty fours. But uh, I did have Stripling in the lineup this week. He's two and a third innings so far. Four hits, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts, only at forty two pitches. Uh, so the velocity's down a little bit for him, but he's pitched pretty well for the most part this year. John Lester, three scoreless innings. He's allowed one hit, no walks, four strikeouts. His ERA is 2.12. Again, I'm not buying this at all with Lester. And maybe I'll turn out to be wrong at the end of the year, but he's definitely a guy that if someone is looking at that shiny 2.12 ERA, I would move him. And I think in a very savvy league, it'll be difficult. But if you do have a couple guys in your league, that look at the stats and with pitching being so bad, someone might buy in a Lester. And, you know, he's coming off a pretty good year. Did crater a little bit in the second half, but someone you could take a look at there. Uh, Chris Bryant, 0 for 1. Rizzo, 1 for 1. Baez, 1 for 1. Baez just off to another good start. He did get caught stealing in this game. So we'll keep you posted if there's any scoring in this game as is now currently scoreless in the bottom of the third inning. Uh, the big story that... Uh, happened late last night. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is getting the call up. He will make his debut tomorrow. Everyone's excited about this. Even if you don't have Vladimir Guerrero in fantasy, and I don't, uh, you got to be excited to watch this guy play. All he does is mash at the minor league level. We all know he's ready for the majors. All you do is hear glowing rave reviews about his bat. There's definitely some concern about the... Uh, the conditioning and the body and how he looks, but he's definitely going to help this lineup, and uh, everybody is just uh, thrilled to see him. And you know, I, he he did go cheaper when he got hurt. He started fall to sixth, seventh round a little bit. And I mentioned at the time, if you were high on Vlad and taking him in round three or four, you really shouldn't have pushed him down that much because we. I figured, okay, end April. So what did we think initially? Mid April. So. It didn't seem like the injury was that serious at the time. So I was stunned that people pushed him down the board that much. Again, I was taking, you know, Anthony Rendon over him. I preferred. But uh, Guerrero's uh, 20 years old and just uh, killing uh, AAA pitching over the last couple weeks. Uh, he's got a slash on of 360, 429, 640, two home runs, seven RBIs, and seven games at AAA Buffalo. So, you know, everyone says he's ready. And we saw last year, you know, his slash line between AA and AAA last year, 381, 437, 637. He had 47 extra base hits, 20 hits. He had one less walk than strikeouts in 91 games. So, you know, he pretty much gets the highest grade for any prospect. And obviously we know the pedigree with his dad, a Hall of Famer, was so good. So, you know, here's the thing is that we're seeing a lot of guys come up and make an impact quickly Ronald Acuna Juan Soto so these guys are more ready for the majors than ever and look it was reflected in drafts uh, so I'm really excited to see him play don't have him in fantasy but hey that's what DFS is for you can play him in DFS and root for him so definitely highly anticipated debut of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. tomorrow so if you have him get him in your lineups gonna be fun to watch him uh, one of the other stories from yesterday and to me, this isn't a surprise. I mean, the signs were there, and I had written an article a couple days ago up, up about, about potential closers are waiting, and that's uh, Cody Allen is not closing for the Angels right now, as it was announced yesterday. I think it was pretty clear, though, 
based on the way they used him over the weekend. You know, there was a game where he came in for two batters. They pulled him, uh, and they signed him to a one-year $8.5 million deal as a free agent. And I was worried about Cody Allen because he was not good last year, especially in the second half, man. It was bad. And I know we have to look at things and say, well, he has the job. And you looked at him as a veteran, and they paid him. But, you know, if you're not pitching well, they're going to remove you. So I only took Cody Allen in one league, and it was the great fantasy baseball invitational because, like, all the closers were gone. And I said, all right, he has a job. But I did not feel good about it at all. And I didn't back him up with anyone. The other guy that I took is Hunter Strickland. He's out. So uh, I wound up picking Elias up from Seattle, he, and he's in my lineup this week. He didn't get a save at all. They haven't had a save opportunity. But Cody Allen just has not been good. You know, he's a fly ball pitcher. He's already allowed three home runs. He's walked seven and eight in the third innings. He does have nine strikeouts, so the strikeouts are there. But the walk rate is so high, and uh, he's just getting hit hard. And we saw the signs last last year as well. So they'll put him in some low-leverage situations, try to get his confidence back and turn him around. Now, who's going to close is the big question. I think a lot of people already have stashed Ty Buttrey of uh, the Angels, and I had written about him. They did give Hansel Robles an opportunity to pitch in a 2-2 game in the top of the ninth a couple nights ago against the Yankees. And last night, they brought in Buttery into a uh, tough situation where he was hit with a, a blown save and a loss. I think he came in with the bases loaded, and uh, you know he wound up pitching up until the ninth inning and took the loss in this game. But I don't know if you could take away anything from last night, and they might also look to Use him in a high-leverage situation. He wound up going two and two-thirds innings, two hits, one run, no walks, three K. So it wasn't a bad line. He's pitched well this year. Robles came in to get the last out of that inning. Uh, Robles has pitched well this year. Seen him a lot as a Mets fan, and he can be frustrating. I do love his entrance, though. He's got the Undertaker's theme music, so that's great. Uh, and Butchery was good last year. Uh, 3.31 ERA, 20 strikeouts, five walks, and 16 and a third innings. And he had four saves last year as a rookie, so... He would probably be the guy I add. I think you can add Robles as well. Uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with Allen. You know, he hasn't blown a safe chance, too. He's had four opportunities. It's just the other games and tie games where he's been pretty bad, and it's been awful lately. He just can't find the strike zone. So there's always the chance that he pitches, you know, two, three clean innings in a low-leverage situation, and then they give him an opportunity to close again because they are paying him, and he is the veteran. But they do have two better arms behind them. Uh, you know, Robles can be frustrating at times, but maybe less pressure pitching with the Angels than New York. So I think both guys are definitely worth rostering uh, for sure, uh, especially if you need saves. But in most competitive leagues, i got to think that they're picked up by now. Uh, we had good news on Carlos Carrasco. The MRI in his left knee was negative. He does expect to make his next start. Shohei Otani faced live pitching yesterday for the first time. He had four at-bats in a simulated game, and he's also uh, throwing at about 100 feet. So they're hoping that, that he can return to DH in early May. Uh, Clint Frazier, as we mentioned, going on the injured list with that left ankle injury. I am not surprised. Watched it the other night. It did not look good. I was stunned he stayed in the game. You could see the ankle bend as he tried to slide back into second base. And the Yankees just littered with injuries right now. In fact, they actually signed, uh, they got Cameron Mabin. And uh, who knows, maybe he gets an opportunity to play. But he's another injury-prone guy, so he'll fit in well for the Yankees. Joey Wendell was hit by a pitch yesterday and suffered a fractured right wrist. So 
The x-rays uh, showed that, and he's going to miss some time. So it's another injury for him. Tyler Skaggs is going to come off the injured list for the Angels. He'll start tomorrow against the Royals. Uh, and also uh, Gio Gonzalez, as we mentioned yesterday, a one-year, $2 million contract with the Brewers. And we still haven't seen Anthony Rendon in the lineup. Uh, he hasn't played since Saturday when he was hit by a uh, pitch on the elbow. And Daniel Murphy made his return from the 10-day IL yesterday as well. So you can get him back in your lineup. Some leagues you might have to wait uh, for the weekly leagues if you didn't get him in. We kind of knew he was going to be back this week, but it was kind of tough to make that decision uh, as well. And by the way, the Rays officially placed Wendell on the 10-day IL today. When we return, we're going to talk more baseball. I'll be joined by Matt Modica of The Athletic. He also plays in a lot of high-stakes leagues. We'll talk about some struggling players, what to do. That is next. It is Scott Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rain dance! Make it rain. The draft has become must-watch television. The NFL has grown and now selling the rights to the cities for the draft. They know all eyes are going to be focused. It is now a money-making opportunity for sports books, and Vegas has now hopped on board with that. So now we have really more information than we ever have uh, before when it comes to the draft and when it comes to draft night. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here at Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. Make sure you check out ScoutFantasySports.com right now. We got the closer depth charts updated from Sean Childs. Uh, my stock watch article up today. And, of course, coverage for the NFL draft. Looking at the top rookies as we have the scouting profiles for them. Time now, though, to talk some more baseball. And to do that, I bring in Matt Modica from The Athletic. Matt, what's going on? Uh, just getting ready, believe it or not. Actually excited for the NFL draft tonight. Uh, I know baseball's in full bloom, but I always get, yet I always get disappointed by who the Bills pick. <laughs> yeah, well, tonight I don't have to worry about that as a Cowboys fan. They don't have a first-round pick. <laughs> Got Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper instead, which is fine. 
Uh, but w- what are you mm-hmm. uh, looking forward to the Bills doing tonight? Uh, I just I think they need an offensive player, but you know we'll see. It looks like defensive ends are the probably the best talent. So I, I really don't know what to expect. I always expect the unexpected with them. <laughs> that is that is true. But uh, let's talk some baseball. So mm-hmm. how's it going here in the early season? Obviously, there's a ton of injuries, and I know you play mostly in the high-stakes leagues where we have no IL spots. So have you been hit with any teams or you got like six, seven guys and your entire reserve is filled with injuries or you've been fortunate not to get hit that hard? No, I don't have my entire reserve hit with uh, injuries on any of my teams. But, uh, I mean, I do have some big players out. You know, obviously, Trey Turner was – the first to go down, and it seems like something that's become an epidemic. And you know, it's just something you know you gotta just keep you gotta keep plugging away. That's why I am very aggressive in fab on plays I think can make an impact. I will be aggressive early on. Yeah, and especially if you can get someone that can make that impact, it can definitely pay off. Uh, I, we're obviously in an NFBC auction together, and. Julio Urias, you picked up for 113 uh, this past week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not in the rotation right now. They're going to watch his innings. But is he someone that you're going to have in your weekly lineup? Uh, I know it might depend on what your other starting pitchers are. But, you know, he could be a guy that in a given week can give you six innings, 10K. So how do you plan to utilize him? And what's your recommendation for anyone else out there that might have seen him dropped in their leagues? Uh, I mean, it's more of a deeper format play. Uh, I, I just, I really like the talent, the Dodgers, you know, it's a team that we always say they have too much starting pitching and then they never have enough. And I, I'm of the, uh, belief you get yourself talent and talent finds a way. I know they want to be conservative with his innings pitch, but I think at some point they're going to have to get him back in there. I think they're better with him. Uh, as a team with him there. Uh, I know Hill's coming back, but I think, you know, especially now, the way pitching is being annihilated, playing him in that role isn't a bad thing either. But it's more of a deeper play, deeper league play. Right. For And we're, the league we're talking about is 15 teams, 30 roster spots, so it is a little bit of a deeper format there uh, for sure. You might not be able to do it in a 10- or 12-team league because you're not mm-hmm. going to get enough innings, but – we could see him back in the rotation at some point. Same thing with Ross Stripling, who is making his last start right now. But as I mentioned before, like you can't count on all these guys to stay healthy for the whole year in L.A. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. And like we've seen it with, even like with Kent Maeda. I know he got lit up the other night. But he's a, very, he's a talented pitcher. And he's been someone they've been willing to put in the bullpen and stuff. So I, I think it's very slow. But if you own Kershaw... I don't this year, but if you own him, you have to be encouraged early on. You know, the game at Milwaukee was a was a nice start. I really didn't see it, but I watched some highlights. Looking, you know, so it, there is positives there, but that rotation never stays healthy. Talking to Matt Modica, you can find him at the Athletic. Chris Bryant just continues to struggle. You know, everyone attributed last year to the shoulder. Said he was healthy going into the year. He's batting 235 with one homer and eight RBIs. What is wrong with Chris Bryant? Is it a slow start? Is the shoulder still an issue? You know, what advice do you give to Chris Bryant owners right now who are not feeling good? I think the way – look, as long as he's healthy, and I haven't heard anything to say he's not. So I'm going on the basis that he's fully recovered. It's just one of those slow starts. 
It hasn't kicked in yet. You know, once, you know, in another month from now, or, you know, by, by Labor Day, it could, I mean, not Labor Day, Memorial Day, it could be a totally different story with him. You know, he gets hot for a month, and things can change. There's a reason you drafted him, and I know it's tough, especially nowadays, where it seems like everything, like this year has been like the most apoplectic year to date. Everybody's losing their minds sooner than I've ever seen before. And it's still only April 25th. I understand you don't want to be you want to be in first place in every week, but a guy like Bryant, I think you got to still you know hold on and believe, and you know maybe you take a look at acquiring him if you're getting a really nice discount. Did you get Bryant in any of your leagues this year? I got him in one league, and that was like with the first pick of the fourth round in a uh, last one. I was picking fifteenth, so. However you want to put it, the last pick of the third or the first pick of the fourth, he was there, and I was like, I have to take him here. So, so far, that seems like a mistake, but I'm going to let it play out for another five months. I don't have a choice in the league anyway, but, you know, you have to, you know, the guys that are killing it right now, they're going to have some bad, you know, stretches as well. I mean, Christian Yellows is going to go on a little bit of a bad stretch. I know we don't believe that. I hope not, but it's going to happen. It better not because I have him in two leagues. So, but yeah, we know he's I have cool. him in more than two leagues. He said, and I hope that don't happen. But. Yeah, I, I took him third overall with the pick I had. You know, I just I thought he was the best. I thought he had the highest floor at that point. I know some people probably thought I was crazy mm-hmm. because he was a guy that was going seventh or eighth. But I didn't love the three pick this year, so I felt like he had the highest floor at that position. To to me, uh, after Trout and Betts. It was Yellick, uh, uh, Akuna. Once Lindor was hurt, you know, obviously he dropped out of that. But guys like that, or even a Trey Turner, I liked a lot. Now, I probably would have went the other Probably would have went with an, an Akuna or a Yellick ahead of them, of Turner. But those were guys after that were the ones I wanted, as you stated. The thing about Yellick that was so enticing was the floor. Even if he dropped from 36 homers to 27, batting average from stolen bases, that park. Does it concern you about the home road splits that basically all the home runs have come at home or does it not matter? Uh, I mean, it, it is somewhat concerning, but if you break down a lot of these really good players, it was one of the things I did when I was doing the third base preview for the athletic was with Nolan Arenado and how he was so, you know, how he just utterly elite at home and how last year he was just totally crushed left-handed pitching. And, you know, I went and looked at other players, their home roads. But even a Frankie Lindor was a much better player at home. And you're going to find that with a lot of these guys. So I'm not as concerned, especially with Yellick, which he's such a good hitter. Maybe the power numbers on the road won't be there as much. But I think, you know, the average and stuff will still be good. Talking to Matt Modica, you can find him at The Athletic. Uh, Nicholas Castellanos is struggling. He's batting 247, no home runs, and five RBIs. Even in a depleted Detroit lineup over the last couple of years, he's still produced solid numbers. Anything that you see from him that's concerning, or you know, this is a case where the home runs will come and they just might come in bunches? You know, I, he's a guy I kind of stayed away from. Not because I didn't like him. I just I didn't like the team concept and where he was going. There wasn't a lot of speed. But I think he's another guy that should be okay. I know it's been warmer this year than in the past couple, but he's still he's playing in Detroit. 
And, you know, some of those cities you got to go to, like even like a Cleveland or Minnesota and some of those uh, certain type, certain weeks when the weather's not right. You know, it's, like I said, he's another guy, you drafted him for a reason. You drafted him for a certain amount of plate appearances. You didn't draft him for one month and stuff like that. So I think he'll be the guy that everybody thought he'll be. Uh, you know, it's just one of those you got to hold on. Not everybody can start off hot. Why not? <laughs> that's pretty much that's the basic question on Twitter. Yeah, I know. Like, what's wrong with this guy? I mean, it's baseball, man. Every every player goes through the peaks and valleys. It's just it's more glaring now because you're sitting there looking at 247 and no home runs, while you see Bellinger and Yelich and all these other guys going off. So anyone who has played this game knows you got to have patience now. And look, sometimes. Sometimes you don't. There's seem, things you see and you go, you know what? Uh, there's something wrong here. That leads me to my next guy, Joey Votto. And I think there was people split on him. I think there were people that said, oh, it was just a bad year. He'll be fine. Others said, look, he's getting older. The strikeout rate is up. The walk rate is still good, but it's down for what it has been in years past. Guys hitting 229, two homers, four RBIs. And I know the Reds collectively as a whole have really not gotten going offensively. But are you concerned about Joey Votto right now? And his hard hit rate is down too significantly. I will say I was one of them that was pro Votto. You know what? I am somewhat concerned after this first month. You know, it's not what you want to see, popping up to the first base, but he never did that before and all that. But I look back to last year when everybody was cutting Matt Carpenter and, you know, years before with Justin Turner or Brian Dozier that didn't pop and went really insane from June on. Look, it's, it's, it's Votto. You've got to give him the extended look. I know he's older. But he has that track record. If anybody dropped Votto in any of my leagues, I would have been very aggressively to take that shot that he'll turn it around. But, yes, there is definitely concern. And for the most part, like when I say with pitching, when I write my articles, is unless the velocity or somebody got injured, unless that didn't happen, you've got to have some kind of faith in what you did over the past few months to get to this point. Another struggling player is A.J. Pollock. He's hitting 245, a 305 OVP, two homers, 14 ribbies. He only has one stolen base attempt, and he was caught stealing. And a lot of his value, you know, we were hoping for 15, 20 steals. Mm-hmm. Any worry with him, especially since the Dodgers do have a multitude of players, or you think he's not in jeopardy and uh, he'll get going? Uh, I do have concerns. I do own A.J. Pollock on a few leagues. I'm an A.J. Pollock guy. I've always been a you know AJ Pollock apologist, but yeah, there's definitely some concern. But what gives me you know the hope is who this player is on his you know throughout his career when healthy. The other positive is they just gave this guy a lot of money, so he's going to get every opportunity to get it right. You know that said, you got a kid like Alex Verdugo who's looking really good. But I think there's other players on that team that need to be concerned as well, like a like a Max Muncy, who to me, you know, who was a great story last year. But you know, you can see a Bella just like the first, and you can put a Verdugo in the outfield and still have a Pollock. So I am concerned, but I'm going to trust the track record when healthy, and the fact that he got a lot of money does help. I'm sure you're probably concerned about this guy, Jesus Aguiar. Obviously, we've seen him lose some at bats, and you got Eric Thames there. Uh, what do you think happens with Aguiar going forward? Because this turned into a platoon where he's only in there against left-handed pitching. 
Yeah, I think it definitely could. I, another guy, I stayed away from this one. You know, he was utterly fantastic last year as well. You know, it was a great story. You know, if you got him, you know, he was a, he was a waiver wire guy that really paid tremendous dividends. But what, the Brewers aren't committed to Aguilar. Not saying he can't change it and stuff, but they're not committed to him. And if Thames gets hot, you know, he can reassert himself in a bigger role here and stuff like that. So, yeah, if you own Jesus Aguilar, I think you have to be very concerned. Any interest in Gio Gonzalez now that he's with the Brewers? <sighs> not really, but, you know, I, I stated the other day on Twitter, if we're looking at Homer Bailey, I was asking Homer Bailey questions last week. Pretty much everybody's in play. So I know he, I believe, I believe at the end he pitched pretty well when he went to Milwaukee last year. So, I mean, we'll have to see. But initially, I'm not really interested, no. Yeah, I went the Homer Bailey route in our NFBC auction this week. Uh, <laughs> it didn't turn out well. I mean, I'm just hammered with injuries there, man. So, like... Felt like, all right, I got to take a shot and obviously fell short on the Soroka bid. But uh, has your philosophy changed with two-star pitchers, with so many pitchers not pitching well? The ace, almost every ace has got bombed at least once. Have you kind of shifted mm-hmm. your strategy and the way you look at two-star pitchers and streaming them in a given week, or is it still the same? It's still kind of the same in the fact that some people will just roll guys out because it's two starts and if one of them is good or the other. I think you, you can get a lot of trouble. I know people will like, you know, sometimes it's going to work. And Fernando Lopez does have two good starts, but you start Ivan Nova, you're asking for trouble. So I'm, you know, I try and see if a guy's had, you know, good history at that park or versus that team. I'm still very conservative. I'm more conservative than most with two starts. At least for now, at this point in the season. You know, it looked like with David Dalbach, we might not see much Ramel Tapia anymore, but the guy has stayed in the lineup the last few days and he's been on fire. Could you see them keeping him in the lineup, maybe at the expense of a guy like Ian Desmond? I, you know, it's the Rockies, so that's, that's tough to ask. That's, that's a very tough ask. But look, he has no more options. So I think this is this is a possibility. If the Rockies want to have a chance to win, while this kid's hitting, and as long as he hits, I think this could happen. I mean, I got lucky. I had him on a couple of teams. I mean, I didn't drop him this week, and I don't even remember why I didn't. But, you know, maybe he could be what I thought Garrett Hampson could be. So maybe that works out. The teams I had him on were like David Dahl Insurance or I had a Hampson. So maybe that could work out for me. We'll see. Yep. That's a good question with Hampson. What are teams supposed to do with Hampson right now? Now, in a 10- or 12-team league, you could say it's an easy cut. But in a 15-team league like the NFBC, what do you do with Garrett Hampson right now? In a 15-team league, I think you're right with the 10- to 12 leagues. It's, it's, it's an easy decision. In the 15-team leagues where I have him in a couple spots, I can't drop him because he's an injury away from getting another shot. You know, if uh, they, uh, Daniel Murphy... Hurts his knee again. Don't or say that. Like that. Or, I'm, I, I don't mean to say Daniel. <laughs> I think I'm thinking back. But I'm just making, if one of their players gets injured, there's a pathway for him to come back and get at bat. And that speed. and listen, Look what people were paying for Cole Tucker this week. That was insane. I mean, this guy better steal 40 bases. I was seeing $300 plus bids on him. 
Oh, yeah. I saw it all over the place, man. I was like, wow. Uh, I even saw in a 12-team league, he went for like 262. I was like, <laughs> now, he he's hit eighth most of the time. He is leading off today. But, uh, I mean, look, the playing time is pretty much assured. But that is a lot of money, man. you you got to hope that he, he gets you 20, 25 steals. Yeah, if he does that, then that's good. Look, I, I invested in Quint Frazier. People told me I was crazy. There was no pathway to him. Him playing time or staying, and look, he got hurt. So, buy the talent if you believe in it. Just buy the talent. Oh yeah, I saw you engaging in a Twitter battle with uh, Mike the Mouth, which seems to happen every day, right? <laughs> or as I call him Mike the Mush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love him. I love Mike. Yeah, we all do. Uh, some of us. There's others that don't, but we're, I'm cool with him as you are. Uh, Matt, thanks a lot for the time, man, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, Adam. Anytime. All right. That is Matt Modica. You can find him at The Athletic. When we return, we'll get you update on the live action lineups for tonight and any other news. It is Scout Fantasy Sports and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found and find you the best date and it's called the best date 100.com just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date remember you can find the best date of your life at the best date 100.com that's the best date 100.com one more time the best date 100.com Game time decisions. I think it's a pile of crap that Dazem Kadri got suspended for the entire he should series. Have been, he should have been Come suspended on. series. What about the Russ? What, what, what are the things he's doing? He's been hacking people's ankles the whole series, man. He's a cheap shot artist, too. It was overly excessive, the penalty, the, the punishment. He's he been suspended five times. Five. Hey, that's he doesn't learn his lead. It would have been five. Four minutes. Cross check. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rollins here. Thursday afternoon, NFL Draft kicks off tonight, round one. I'm here until 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll have a lot of draft coverage tomorrow. I'll be joined by Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz, for the first hour of the show from 2 to 3 p.m. as we break down the draft, the trades, players landing in their fantasy value. And you can check all of that out at ScoutFantasySports.com as well. Tune in to live coverage of the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network with Mike Blewett, 
Dane Martinez, Emery Hunt, and Joe Lisi. And if you're not driving, catch video coverage of the broadcast on the FNTSY Sports Network YouTube page where you can weigh in with your thoughts and reactions in real time in the chat room. That's right. It's only April, but for fantasy football players and NFL bettors, the season starts now, and we're on the clock with you at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. Hop into the YouTube chat room and gloat, vent, or give us your opinions. It's the 2019 NFL Draft here on the FNTSY Sports Network tonight, 8 p.m. to midnight Eastern. Let's take a look at some of the lineups upcoming for tonight's game, but before we do that, real quick news here. Uh, we do have Roman Quinn of the Phillies being placed on the 10-day injury list with a right groin strain. So he suffered this injury last night and left early. He was already out with a strained oblique. So injuries have been a big problem throughout the career of Roman Quinn, who does have the ability in fantasy to give you stolen bases. So the Phillies recalled outfielder Dylan Cousins from AAA. He was really good in the spring and... Uh, also played well at AAA this year, but uh, it doesn't sound like Odubelra is going to miss much time, so might not be much opportunity. Certainly, I know only leagues will probably take the shot there because uh, you never know. Players could have setbacks with injuries, but uh, remains to see how much playing time you get. They also have Aaron Altar there who could play center field as well. A couple lineups for tonight. We got the Braves in Cincinnati to take on the Reds. Julio Tehran against Luis Castillo, who has been tremendous this year. One of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Leading off for the Braves, Nick Markakis in right field as uh, we got Ozzie Albies getting the day off. So Markakis in the leadoff spot in right. Josh Donaldson at third base. Hitting second, Freddie Freeman at first, hitting third, Ronald Acuna is in left, batting cleanup, Brian McCann is catching, hitting fifth, Johan Carmargo at second base, hitting sixth, Dansby Swanson at short, hitting seventh, and Durant in center field, hitting eighth, and Julio Tehran on the mound, batting ninth. For the Reds, Joey Votto continues to hit leadoff. He is at first base, Eugenio Suarez is at third base, batting second. Jesse Winker is in the left field, batting third. Yasiel Puig in right field, hitting cleanup. Derek Dietrich at second base, batting fifth. Once again, Jose Peraza is sitting. Starting to get a little concerned about that. Now, remember, Peraza got off to a really bad start last year and had a great second half. And this guy's got some pop and some speed. His approach at the plate right now has been pretty bad. He's never been a guy that has walked much, but he's not drawing walks. And he's probably pressing a little bit, so... I think what you have to hope is that they're just giving him a couple days to clear his head, but certainly some concern there for Peraza, who I did like going into the year. I actually did not get him in many leagues. I got him in the Craig Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and he's been in my lineup, so hoping that uh, he gets back in there. Derek Dietrich uh, is at second base, though, today hitting fifth. Tucker Barnhart is the catcher, batting sixth. Scott Shebler in center field hitting seventh. Luis Castillo on the mound hitting eighth, and Jose Iglesias is at short, batting ninth. The Marlins... In Philadelphia, Caleb Smith against Aaron Nola. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson leading off in left. Martin Prattles at third base, batting second. Brian Anderson in right field, hitting third. Neil Walker is at first base, hitting cleanup. Stalin Castro at second base, hitting fifth. Jorge Alfaro is catching, batting sixth. At the seventh spot, Miguel Rojas at shortstop. Luis Brinson in center field, batting eighth. And Caleb Smith on the mound, batting ninth. For the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon leading off in left. JT Romuto is the catcher, hitting second. Bryce Harper in right field, hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first, hitting cleanup. Mikel Franco at third base, batting fifth. Cesar Hernandez 
is at second base hitting six. Sean Rodriguez is the shortstop batting seventh. Aaron Altair in center field hitting eighth. And Aaron Nola is on the mound batting ninth as he's looking to put together a dominating start. It's been a very rough start to the year for him. He is coming off a game, though, at Coors Field where he struck out nine over five in the third innings. Tigers are in Boston to take on the Red Sox. Jordan Zimmerman against Rick Porcello for the Tigers. Heimer Candelario leading off at third base. Nicholas Castellanos in right field hitting second. Miguel Cabrera is the DH hitting third. Nico Goodrum in left field hitting cleanup. Brandon Dixon's at first base hitting fifth. Gordon Beckham at shortstop hitting sixth. And as we mentioned in the first hour, he has great career numbers against Rick Porcello if you're into BVP. Josh Harrison at second base batting seventh. John Hicks is the catcher hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones in center field batting ninth. For the Red Sox, Andrew Benatendi leading off at left. Mookie Betts is in right field, hitting second. Mitch Moreland at first base, batting third. J.D. Martinez, the DH, hitting cleanup. Xander Bogarts at shortstop, hitting fifth. Raphael Devers at third base, batting sixth. Michael Chavis at second base, hitting seventh. Jackie Bradley in center field, hitting eighth. And Sandy Leone at catcher, batting ninth. The Indians taking on the Astros. Great pitching matchup here. Trevor Bauer against Garrett Cole. We know these guys don't like each other much, so that will be a fun game to watch. Just a lot going on tonight, though, because we got that game. You got the NFL draft. You got the Nuggets Spurs in a game six NHL playoff. So a lot going on tonight, but I'm sure a lot of people will be uh, fixated on the NFL draft, and you can understand why. We got the Yankees in on the road to take on the Angels. That's 9.07 p.m. Eastern. Masihiro Tanaka against Trevor Cahill. And then the final game at 10.10 p.m. Eastern, Taylor Hearn against Marco Gonzalez. Texas just uh, picking up all these pitchers left and right. So uh, those lineups are not out yet. Uh, let's take a look at the afternoon action. We'll get you some updates on those games going on this afternoon. We got the Diamondbacks leading the Pirates. Actually, that game has just gone final. So the Diamondbacks shut out the Pirates 5 to nothing. So uh, they've played pretty well this year. Jared Dyson, 3 for 5, 2 runs and an RBI. Christian Walker, 2 for 4 with a run and an RBI. He's now up to 341 with a 398 OBP. Cattell Marte, 1 for 3 with an RBI. He had two home runs yesterday. He's batting 250 on the season. Zach Rinke, very good outing here. He goes 7 innings of scoreless baseball, 2 hits a walk and 7 Ks. Gets that ERA down to 3.72. And the Pirates just could not find any offense today. We just talked about Cole Tucker with Matt Botica. He was one of the highest pickups uh, over the weekend in the high-stakes leagues. And he's been mostly hitting 8th, but they hit him leadoff today. Two for four. He is now up to 286 with a 318 OBP. And again, a lot of his value is tied to the stolen base. Gregory Polanco 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. But he's been off to a pretty solid start since coming back in. Only a few games, but uh, good to see him back in there. Jamison Tyon, not a great start today. Five innings, six hits, five earned runs, no walks, five Ks. So at least he didn't kill your whip and he got the strikeouts. The ERA a little high. So he's now sitting with a 4.06 ERA on the season. So... Diamondbacks beat the Pirates this afternoon 5 to nothing. And the other game going on right now it is the bottom of the 5th inning and the Dodgers lead the Cubs 1 to nothing uh as the uh, uh Alex Verdugo uh scored on an error by Javier Baez in the top of the 5th inning uh to get the scoring going on this one. Ross Stripling uh has a runner in scoring position right now. The Cubs have a man on second with one out, stripling up to 73 pitches. Remember, this is going to be his last start as he gets shifted to the bullpen. But he's gone four and a third innings, 
Uh, five hits allowed, one walk, and six strikeouts. So it's been a pretty productive start. So hopefully you knew that and you got him in your lineup this week. Uh, and the Dodgers, again, uh, not really doing much against uh, John Lester, who's uh, pitching very well this afternoon. Now five innings, four hits, one on run, no walks, five Ks, 79 pitches, 54 for strikes. Has a 2.37 ERA on the season. But, again, I do think this is a guy that uh, you can move right now if you're in a league where, you know, they – look at the surface stats and maybe they don't dig deep or they buy into name value. Uh, Cause I don't see Lester continuing to pitch this well. Stuff's just not the same. The walks, the home runs. And uh, we know the Dodgers lineup is pretty good. So people might see that and uh, you might be able to, to buy, uh, sell him for something. Uh, some of the other top performances that we saw yesterday, how about Chris Paddock? I mean, this guy has been tremendous so far and he was a guy and I'll always bring this up and this goes for football too. Okay, because you're going to start to see a lot of best ball drafts coming up, especially after the draft. And we have some of them on uh, playffwc.com as well as Dynasty Startups. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, why are you drafting now? There's advantages and disadvantages. If you are going to play in a lot of leagues, it makes sense to have a draft, you know, scattered throughout. You know, obviously a lot of people have their most important drafts right before the season starts. The problem with that is all the value is dried up. Because everyone is aware and they're reading and they're you know listening to shows like this and going to scoutfantasysports.com. Chris Paddock's a guy that we did not expect to be in the starting rotation to open the season back in January and February. So if you were doing a draft champions draft at that time, you could have gotten Paddock in the, in the rounds of the 30s potentially, maybe even 40, but probably the 30s. Then obviously spring starts, hype builds, he's pitching well. Now, all of a sudden, the price goes up. I mean, I'll even take it back to March 5th. March 5th, Tout Wars. My mixed league Tout Wars draft. I got him in round 23. Just a couple weeks later, man, he was going round 10, round 11 in the high stakes leagues because it was looking more and more realistic like he was going to start the year with the Padres. So, yes, you can also say, well, what about the guy who gets hurt? Of course, that's going to happen. You, you draft someone early on. You know, say we do a best ball draft for football in May or June. And I, and I usually start him in June, and the guy gets hurt in training camp or the offseason training. Uh, it happens. But, you know, on the flip side, you also can get tremendous value late on, later on. So I'm sure a lot of you play in multiple drafts. And if you do, you know, I think you spread them out. And I usually use the best ball drafts pretty much as my mock drafts, practice, kind of get an idea of, where players are going, and, you know, just to get started and get in draft mode. So that's what I like to do, and that's where you get a guy like a, a Chris Paddock, you know, a nice value. And he was tremendous yesterday. Seven scoreless innings, one hit, one walk, nine strikeouts. So 27 innings this year for Paddock. He is allowed only uh, 10 hits on the year. Ten hits. Eight walks, 30 strikeouts. So a lot of people are going, well, he can't maintain this. And you're right. He's not going to continue to pitch this well. He's got a 130 batting average of balls in play, an 80.3% strand rate, which is slightly high. But, okay, no one's drafted him for a 1.67 ERA. I think you would take three, three and a half out of this rookie where you know that there's going to be some, some concerns about the innings. That's the biggest factor for him. You know, this guy has not pitched in AAA yet. Last year, you remember, he missed all of 2017 with an injury, and last year he threw, uh, what was it, about 
90 in a third inning, somewhere just over 90. So you got to think, what are they going to throw them this year? 120, 125? It's really going to be interesting, too, to see what they do if this team stays competitive. And, you know, maybe you'll see a, a phantom injured list because they got to preserve his innings. But you got to be happy with Chris Paddock right now, even though there are some indications, yeah, of course, he's not going to maintain this. But he has definitely been very productive. He has been getting hit hard when he's allowed contact, but guy looks really good on the mound filthy stuff yesterday and that's a Mariners team that you know can be explosive at times and you know he shut them down and he's throwing a lot of first pitch strikes 71.7 percent so you love to see that from a, a rookie and it was just a very impressive performance for him yesterday also yesterday we saw uh, Matt Chapman once again his eighth home run of the season I mean he has been one of the best values at third base I got him very cheap last year in the NFBC auction because I, I liked his bat. I thought he was going to play well. And he's off to another tremendous start this year uh, with eight home runs on the season, 18 RBIs, batting 311. That's the biggest thing, too. Here's what's crazy about Chapman. He is striking out way less. His strikeout rate last year was 23.7%. He's down at 10.2%. And one of the things that stabilizes relatively quickly when you're looking at stats his strikeout percentage and walk percentage, his walk rate is up to 13%. So I'm interested to see over the next two, three weeks because we can easily see a slump where he strikes out a lot and it goes back to the level that we've seen. But this is something to keep an eye on here with Chapman is can he maintain this? This Because, you know, he's got a 274 batting average of balls in play. His career mark is 317. So it's not like he's getting lucky with that 311 average. So these are some real interesting gains here with a guy like Chapman. Hard hit rate is slightly down from last year to 39.5%, uh, but he continues to hit the ball uh, in the air, too. 42% fly ball rate. So a lot of uh, good gains here by Chapman so far. His swing strike percentage gone down significantly. So he's done a really nice job making more contact with pitches in the zone, a little bit more out of the zone. So it's, this is a really good indication here of Chapman. See, I was going to say go buy him, but I don't think you can buy him now. Um, Eight homers, 18 RBIs, 311 average. You know, I think the owner who took him probably is pretty high on him. But definitely some really good signs there for a guy like Chapman. Uh, we saw good performance from Mike Soroka yesterday. He's got to be owned in most leagues at this point. I think he was the hot waiver wire pickup over the weekend in the high stakes leagues. I got to think he's there in keeper leagues. And I just saw Sean Newcomb pitch very well in his minor league start. He didn't walk anyone, and that's the biggest concern. But I still need to see that at the major league level. And, you know, it could be a source of frustration with these Braves pitchers, the young pitchers. They could shuffle them in and out. I think you'll see Julio Tehran, Gossman stay up there. But, you know, you could see uh, Soroka's a guy with his shoulder. That's the biggest concern with him is can he stay healthy and be durable. But he was very good yesterday, five and two-thirds innings, one earned run. Did walk three, struck out seven. He's got a 1.69 ERA. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a good pitcher. Now, I don't know how many innings we're going to get out of him this year. And you got Tuki Tucson. You got Newcomb. So they got a lot of arms there, a lot of young arms. And I think you will see them shuffle them in and out. I guess it's kind of similar to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are more veteran-laced, a lot of injuries, where they're kind of forced to shuffle these guys in and out. And I think with the Braves, it's basically, okay, you're not pitching well. We're going to send you down, bring up the next man. And then also, at the same time, manage the innings of those young arms. So it's something to definitely keep an eye on there. Uh, Jordan Lyles wasn't very good yesterday. I know we mentioned him. He was off to a really good start this year. I did pick him up in one league, and I had him active in the lineup. 
So, look, we knew he wasn't going to maintain as good as he was. And it was a rough start, but he did manage to get through five innings, four runs. We did see the ERA increase to 205. Uh, and the strand rate, obviously, is very high right now. But the strikeout rate is 25%, walk rate 6%, the whip's still good. So I think he's a guy to kind of monitor to see if he can get these uh, gains to stick. We saw it last year a little bit. He was pretty good. And he has faced the Reds, Cubs, Giants, and Diamondbacks. So he really hasn't faced great offenses. I know people think the Cubs are good. They're really not a good offense right now. That's where he had his best game, struck out 10. We know the Reds' offense is struggling. When he faced them, the Giants are terrible. And Arizona's pretty good right now, and that's the one where he struggles. So I think Lyles and what his matchups that lie ahead to see how he performs is really going to indicate what he can do. But 15-team leagues, I think you certainly hold on to him at this point. That wraps it up here. You can find me, scoutfantasysports.com. Any questions, ask them on the message boards and the forums. We'll have a lot of NFL draft coverage tomorrow. In addition to baseball talk, Fantasy Taz joins me in the first hour tomorrow right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.